Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well. And I want to thank you for joining me for today's program. Today, we will begin to play and listen to the witnessing encounter that I had with the Jehovah's Witnesses. If you heard the previous program, I just kind of gave the background information to it, how this came about. And uh, so we will start listening to this exchange today. Now, I did not start recording at the beginning of this witnessing encounter. It was probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 minutes into it before uh, it dawned on me. I thought, you know, this might be a good thing to record and just have for future reference. It never even uh, dawned on me at the time that I would make this into a a series on my radio program. But uh, after the witnessing encounter was over and I talked with Kathy and uh, we listened to it. Uh, we thought, you know, this this might be really good. This People might find this interesting. So uh, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to play this and let you listen to it. And uh, as I said in yesterday's program or the previous program, whatever day you're listening to this, um, the, the, the couple were very nice, very nice. And I, uh, I warned them before we began. I said, if you're open to teaching, if you're open to correction from Scripture, I'm very happy to have this conversation with you. If not, I said it would be better for you to leave now before you have any more exposure to the truth. And uh, where I left this off with the lady initially in my first encounter with her uh, three days before, when we were uh, when we were talking, I brought up eternal punishment, knowing that the Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe in in hell in a conscious eternal suffering uh, for those who uh, die outside of Jehovah, I guess they would say, uh, I knew that they did not believe in hell. And so I asked her about that. And uh, when they came later, when the, in the three days later, when we're sitting outside, what you're about to listen to, uh, now what you did not, what you're not going to hear is the first 10 or 12 minutes. And so I'll tell you what we were talking about. But uh, when we sat down at the table, the husband, this is a husband and wife, the husband, John, uh, said, he said, well, I understand you were talking with my wife about eternal punishment. And he said, he said, have you ever been hurt uh, in your past? Has, has there been anyone to either hurt you or your family member? Is, is that why you uh, believe so strongly in eternal punishment? And he said, uh, we've, we've often noticed that people who have been hurt in the past or more apt to believe in hell, more apt to believe in eternal punishment. And uh, I said, uh, no. I said, no, um, nothing out of the ordinary. I've, I've, nobody has ever uh, attacked me or, uh, or assaulted me or one of my family members physically, sexually, or otherwise. I said, no, it's, that's not happened. I said, my belief in eternal punishment is simply rooted in Scripture, that's it. It's in the Word of God. That's why I believe in eternal punishment. And he said, well, we just really find it hard to believe that uh, sincere Buddhists and Muslims, would God would send them to 
to hell to and and suffer for all of eternity uh and uh and so that's kind of the uh synopsis of the first ten or twelve minutes and so that will probably hopefully make this mo- make more sense to you as we begin listening because one of their arguments was that uh sincere Buddhist or Muslims, people who believe in Allah, uh, as long as they are sincere, God would not send them to hell. And this is what you will hear me pick up on. Uh, as, as this clip begins, you'll hear me say that Allah does not exist and uh, that sincerity is not the issue. Truth is the issue. So that's kind of that's kind of the background information. That'll get you caught up on the first 10 or 12 minutes, the, fir- the part that uh, I did not get recorded. So, okay. All right, dear ones. Well, here we go, and I will let this play until the last uh, minute or so of the program, and we'll just spend the next number of days uh, going through this. So I think this will be interesting for you. I, I really hope that it will be educational and i hope that this will equip you next time one of the jehovah's witnesses gives a rap on your door all right here we go no absolutely not there there's no there's no parallel between uh adam and eve and a suicide bomber suicide bombers muslims they believe in a god that does not exist Allah is no more real than the Tooth Fairy or Bugs Bunny or Superman. He doesn't exist they, they, any more than a, a pagan stone idol or a wooden idol exists. There's there's nothing there. So they have a false god. We may we may even agree on that. However, for for them, they feel very passionate and zealous. Since it, yeah. Towards their action and their relationship for God and why they're doing it. But sincerity is not the issue. Truth is the issue. Mm-hmm. You can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. Mm-hmm. So sincerity is not the issue. Truth is the issue. Oh, very similar to the Apostle Paul, who persecuted Christians, mm-hmm. but then not based on accurate knowledge, but in gaining that accurate knowledge, then he did everything he changed. Yeah, the Damascus Road, the incarnate Jesus Christ appeared to him on the Damascus Road, and he was converted. Mm-hmm. So he had he had an encounter with the living God, with the living God. Allah doesn't exist any more than the flying spaghetti monster exists. Let me ask you this. What if, what if you have an individual that, that is a Christian, they claim to be a Christian, and say, due to their upbringing... They um, say say they they had something done bad to them, mm-hmm. and it affected their them their emotional state. And because it affected their emotional, they they were abused, and it was something that went on for you know. And then they get older, they can't deal with the emotions of that, so they start taking you know some some prescription drugs because they got anxiety and this and that, and they end up killing somebody. Mm-hmm. They end up just. You know, killing you. Hear a bunch of shootings happening now around the world today. Would that does that person go to heaven or hell? Well, Paul said. uh, Paul gives a a list of sins, Mm -hmm. and it's not a. Uh, First Corinthians six nine. Yeah. yeah, First Corinthians six nine. First yeah. Corinthians five eleven. Uh, murderers, revilers, yeah. drunkards, covetous, yeah. swindlers, fornicators, will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's not that a Christian can't sin. A Christian can sin, just like First John one nine says, and it was written to believers. Yeah. 
A Christian can stumble into sin, but he does not swim in sin. His life is not marked by a, uh, a, a pattern of habitual, unrepentant sin. That's not a Christian. That is someone who has not been made regenerate by the person and work of the Holy Spirit. So do they go to heaven or hell with an individual? Say they shot a bunch of kids at a school. They just that is out. not a mark of someone who's a believer. That, uh, someone who is indwelt by the third person of the triune Godhead would never commit something like that. If the Holy, I tell people all the time, if the Holy Spirit of God is strong enough to save us, He's also strong enough to deliver us out of deception. He is sufficient. The Holy Spirit is not a weakling. He's not a girly man. He's strong. And those whom God saves, He regenerates. He, he sanctifies. In fact, in the New Testament, regeneration, salvation, and sanctification are often used as synonyms interchangeably. When God saves someone... That, that sanctification, that is a lifelong process of being conformed into the image of Christ, that begins at the moment of regeneration. At the moment God saves someone, sanctification will begin. It's not a two-step right then and there. And so a, someone who is truly indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, and I know that you guys don't believe that the Holy Spirit is a person, don't believe that He is God, and this is one of the great divides. This is why we're not on the on the same page. Okay. Okay. Um, but he he is God. He is a person. He is God. Mm-hmm. Those whom he regenerates, he sanctifies. Mm-hmm. And someone who is indwelt by him will not commit an act like that. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is too powerful. Well, you know, I, I honestly, just in talking to you in a few minutes, I really do appreciate your passion for the scriptures, just so you know. And, and um, yeah, we do have, you know, obviously through our different studies, we have different different opinions on, on, on things from our understanding and so forth. But but just just so you know, just right away, I, I mean, I can definitely feel your your love for the scriptures and for God. Just in the this the few minutes we've sat down together, you're here to. You're, 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 I don't feel you're here to argue. We're not either. You're here to, you feel very strong about what you believe, and I, I, I respect you for that. You know, so just see, you know, from that standpoint, and we, I think we have some reasonings that we feel, you know, for all the different points you're saying about, about the Holy Spirit not being, you know, part of a triune God. We don't believe in the Trinity. Uh-huh. Um, we believe that there are so many scriptures in the Bible that really help us to see that they really are a Father and a Son. And, and the Holy Spirit is never mentioned among but, them on a consistent basis. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, it is. I mean, they're they're. It's, it's true yeah. that the word Trinity, the word Trinity, yeah. is not in the Bible, but yeah. neither is the word Rapture. Yeah. Uh, right. But the doctrine of the Trinity is very clear in Scripture. We see it in Jesus' baptism, voice from heaven, God the yeah. Father, Jesus, God the Son, the Holy Spirit descending upon Him in the form of a dove. Yeah. Uh, Baptized. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 28, go and baptize them in the name of the in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, I mean, it's all throughout Scripture. Now, those points, I know, I agree. In that instance, it's, it's really highlighted in that point. But is it? There's plenty of times where it says that Jesus said that the Father is greater than I am. Yeah, He did, and I'm glad you brought that up. That's in John 14:28. 
Jesus says the Father is greater than I. But that is not, Jesus was not saying the Father is greater than I in essence or nature, but in role, in, in, in role. There's, there's no difference between Jesus, God the Son, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are of the same substance, of the same nature, same character, same nature. But Jesus does, Jesus did uh, submit himself to the Father in a status of role not in character and nature. I thought they're the same person, though. I guess... No, they're not the same person. See, they're not the same person. One God, one God, which is affirmed Old and New Testament uh, in, in Deuteronomy and in Isaiah and Jeremiah and James chapter 2, one, one God, God, one God in three persons. That's the doctrine of the Trinity. And I know you squint your eyes. I'm just and, trying to think about I'm just thinking of the I know, process. I'm not... I know, and see, and here's... This is one of the this is one of the mysteries yeah. of the Godhead. It's hard for and I'll freely admit it's hard for me to understand. It's hard for my mind to grasp one God in three persons. And yet I believe that because that is the clear, clear, crystal clear teaching of Scripture. Uh, Jesus was and is God. Jesus received worship. What did Thomas say when he saw him after the resurrection? My Lord and my God. Mm-hmm. Did Jesus rebuke him? No, wait a minute, Thomas, hold on, you're getting carried away here. You know, no, no, Jesus received that. He received worship. Now, if Jesus was not God, and yet he received worship, then he was a blasphemer. Well, there's, there's... That was after his resurrection at that time, and at that time, um, obviously, he was appointed now. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Um, I guess... And Jesus did not rebuke him. He received that. But in John chapter 5, verse 30, it says, Jesus says, I cannot do a single thing on my own initiative. But just as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That is Jesus. That is Jesus, as I said submitting himself to the Father in a status of role, not in character, nature, not in essence. Jesus says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Remember that? Philip said, show us the Father. Jesus said, Philip, I've been with you. And you say, show, how do you say, show, show me the Father? He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Before Abraham was, I am. So he's trying to make clear that he had a pre-human existence before he came to the earth. And it says that, even in the scripture, it says, before God created any of the things, he first created me. No. See, this is another divide. Jesus is not a created being. And I know you guys believe that he right, was so created. On that, Colossians 1.15. Uh, <laughs> so you, you've uh, researched that. Okay, so I, you, you yeah, don't believe that scripture? Or? Oh, yeah, I sure do. I, I would love to talk about Colossians 1.15 with you. Can I, I guess the question I have is, God being all-powerful, all-knowing, His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. And throughout the entire Bible, He uses the, the distinction to help us understand, to better understand His being. Um, he has used uh, 
the relationship of a father and a son. Couldn't he have, I mean, if, and to make it clear, because he's really trying to make it clear for us, he's trying to direct us and instruct us through his word of the Bible, why would he use that designation of a, of a father and a son? Why not use something more simpler, maybe something that would help us understand it and see it more clear, that they were more equal, maybe like twins or, I don't know, something different other than a, a father and a son, which are clearly distinctive. One's more above the other, has more authority than the other, which we, well, we would understand that. Okay, <laughs> sure. That's a good question, a fair question. I'd say a couple of things to that. One, we're not God, and so we're in no place to suggest to him what he should or should not have done. Or So it's not our, our position to make those evaluations. But... Uh, but also, I, I think the relationship between father and son, I think it's a perfectly um, perfectly understandable and beautiful thing. Uh, I don't know, do you guys have kids? Mm -hmm. Do you have a son? Mm -hmm. Okay, how old's your son? Uh, he's 25 now. He's 25, yeah. okay. He's your son? I'm old, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's... I'm old, it's my well. kid. I'm 50. Well, I'm, old. Uh, I'm a grandpa almost. <laughs> okay, well, well, I am a grandpa. But you look so. good for a grandpa. I want well, to look as you. good as you. Thank you. Um... So are you more valuable than your son? I think what Is your son less valuable than you? No, I think the point that's being made, what I understand is that that as a father and son, a couple things that come up to me is that is that I had more experience than my son, and so I provided him with direction. I would give him assignments to do, and he would come back to me for approval. And so my job was to help to continue to to um, try to teach him the right way to do things. And so one would say, some, some, him and I are really close. We're really tight. And so when he's walking, some people say, hey, he walks just like your dad. Mm -hmm. Or if he says something, that's just like what his dad said. And he even makes comments, oh, yeah, that's what your dad said. So because we spend so much time together, he copies some of my traits. And so it's kind of like what Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. Because I spent eons with him. And so when I come down to earth, what I have to say is not my will, but my father has given me all the direction. He's told me what I need to do to provide a ransom to fix all these things. I don't do anything on my own initiative. I'm doing what he says. I'm getting his approval because God says I approve of him. God says this is my son, the beloved, whom yeah. I have approved. And I understand what you're saying. You but see what I'm saying? I, I, I see what you're saying, but here's where it breaks down. Okay. Your son is bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh, right? I mean, he's, you know, he's he's, he's your offspring, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, he is a he is a human being just as much as you are, right? Correct, correct. Same character, same nature, okay. right? Your son is not less valuable than you are. Right, correct. Right? Yeah, I give just you as much, yeah. Just as much value as what you have. Yeah. Okay, so that's where it breaks down. So the father is not... Greater than the son in character and nature. That's not what Jesus always, was saying. But does he always have to, according to the scriptures, give me dignity and respect as his father? Of course. So Jehovah, and, uh, Yahweh says that there is a, there is a, there is a, not a hierarchy is a bad word, but there is a, there is a. Um, he does have the order. Oh. order. There's an order of respect. Okay. I'll tell you what, I, you know, we can kind of go round and round with, anal <laughs> with analogies. So yeah. let, let's get back to the scripture. Okay. Let's, um, 
Let's go to Colossians 1.15, because okay. I know that's one of your one of your key verses. Well, it's not a key verse, actually. We just, it's just, uh, just one of the verses in the Bible. Okay, dear friends, I hope that that was interesting for you, and I think that's a good place for us to stop, because in the next program, uh, we will get into Colossians 1.15. That is one of their key texts to support their erroneous teaching that Jesus is a created being. So we will begin to uh, listen to that exchange, Lord willing, in tomorrow's program. So uh, as you just heard today, they clearly believe that Jesus is not God. They would give a nod that he had uh, some pre-incarnate existence, but not not co-eternal with the Father. They believe that he was a created being. And uh, you heard me kind of try to give the analogy. Uh, they, he, he talked about how Jesus said, the Father is greater than I, but I said, uh, yes, he did say that in John chapter 14, verse 28, but that is not a difference in character and nature, simply a difference in role. Jesus has been God the Son for all of eternity, uh, the eternal sonship of Jesus Christ. So Jesus submitted himself in role to the Father, but by his character and his nature, Jesus, there is no difference between God the Son and God the Father. The They are both God. And as I said, Jesus accepted worship from Thomas when he said, My Lord and my God. Thomas did not rebuke him. He accepted that worship. Jesus forgave sins, something that only God can do. So if Jesus forgave sin, something that only, that God, only God can do, and he was not God, and if Jesus received worship as being God, when he when he was not God, then we cannot even say that Jesus was a good person, was a good teacher. He was a liar and a deceiver, and so uh, they really, and and you'll pick up on this. The the Jehovah's Witnesses, these two people, uh, for whom my heart breaks, uh, they they had no, they they had no good answers. Uh, the, no answers from Scripture, just reasoning. They had a very hard time understanding the Trinity, uh, and of course, if if we are honest, all of us have an a difficult time intellectually understanding the Trinity. Do we not? I do, uh, because it's hard for my finite fallen mind to wrap around one God in three persons. And yet I believe it. Even though I do not understand the Trinity, I believe the Trinity because Scripture teaches it. Uh, they do not understand the Trinity because they too have fallen intellect. That's why they don't understand it. But the reason they do not believe in the Trinity is because they are not believers. They are not indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. So they don't understand it for the same reason you and I can't completely understand it. But you and I believe it because we are indwelt by God's Holy Spirit. We've been made regenerate. They do not believe it because they are unregenerate. They are not saved. All right, dear ones, I hope this was helpful for you. I look forward to our next time together. And until then, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.